This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, I don't remember how to do this. Um, no, I mean either. So this, so this is a podcast, is it? Uh, well, <laughs> largely speaking, largely. And, and that's like um, it's like a radio show, right? But it's not live. Is that was that that sort of a thing? Yeah, uh, radio for older people. Right. Okay. Right. But it's not a video, like because I've seen back of the nest. They do video, don't they? Well, that's the trendy. That's the kids. Yeah. That's the kids. That's why we've got. Well, you say that, but there were some very old people on it um, the other day. So, uh, uh, this is, yeah, this is true. Nick and Patrick exceptions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose that's some form of charity, I guess. Okay. Right. So, um, yeah, I think I've got the the gist of this thing. So I'll I'll give it a go. This podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network. Talk sport powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the back of the nest match report. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm joined by Mike Scott and Chris Clark for a look back at the Liverpool game and also obviously uh, we're going to look at a couple of little bits of news and talk various rubbish and uh, and probably um, you know uh, have a few of your questions or comments uh, from the last week or so but I suppose got to have a quick chat haven't we gents as as is our our want often and uh, I haven't really spoken to, to either of you that much of late it's just been one of those kind of Kind of times, I guess, isn't it? So, um, not taking it personally at all. Well, I'm gonna maybe you should a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. I've just been a a busy person, I've been trying to, you know, just trying to do a bit bit more in my life and just a bit more variety. Um, that doesn't mean that I more more than a palace podcast. Well, that's it. It doesn't, it just, I know, it doesn't mean that I. I don't love Palace and, and the podcast anymore. It's just, you know, things are different now. I've got different responsibilities. I'm a, I'm a rounder. No, not rounder. Well, mm, okay. I'm a more well-rounded person. You know, I've got other interests and uh, that's healthy, isn't it, Chris? Well, so you say that. Um, it depends on what those interests are, of course. I mean, in your case, it does, looking at you, it definitely appears that they genuinely have been good for your health. So that is healthy. Yeah. Um, if, if it turned out that your interests were 
I don't know, um, craft beer and good food, that <laughs> might be um, less positive for the old health. But yeah, um, the yeah. food thing is a is a factor. No, I'm I'm doing okay. I've had to slightly address things again. Uh, the weight does creep on if you're not looking. You know, um, yeah. But but yeah, I've had to make some minor adjustments to that. But um, but you know, I nearly I nearly made a, a very bad sort of faux pas, which was um, not nearly. I nearly missed the, the the game as a result of being in a, a another place in the United Kingdom. Uh, do you know which place that was? Mike knows already. I don't think I do know. No. I was in Brighton. Oh, yeah, that would have been bad, wouldn't it? Yeah. Note for the but producer uh, to beep that out. <laughs> yeah, we do <laughs> definitely need that particular word beeped. But um, but I went to the uh, the Brighton uh, Tattoo Festival. I want to say convention. convention. Convention, it's called. It's a convention. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it was a convention. Um, it was an eye opener, um, for sure. Oh, um, best thing, I, uh, I, I sort of, it's so obviously it's in Brighton. I, I live in, in Hampshire these days. And um, so, yeah, we, me and my partner, we get there. We've been there about sort of 20 minutes or so and head off to one of the kind of bar areas to get a water. Because, you know, if, you, if you're going to get tattooed, which which we did, uh, you shouldn't really have alcohol in your system. Um, you know, that I say shouldn't, I'm sure. A lot of people do, but apparently you shouldn't. And uh, so, yeah. you, you bleed a lot more when you yeah. do. I, I know that from experience. Yeah. We saw that. I genuinely saw that there was a couple of people who were clearly quite drunk uh, and had, you know, cling film wrapped around their uh, their legs and quite a substantial amount of blood. Um, one person in particular, I was genuinely concerned that they might bleed out. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if anything comes of that. Um, but anyway, we're we're sitting at a table, and um, lit- literally our, our neighbour walks past. Like, that that was weird, you know. It's it's a it's a two hourish sort of journey, and um, and within yeah within thirty minutes of being in the venue, seeing our neighbour um, who had no idea we were going, we had no idea he was going, and and um, it was a very did it did he get a matching tattoo with you as well <laughs> was, it, was it a freeway no sadly not he didn't know and i don't i don't like the use the use of that term mike i think i think what you're suggesting there is very, <laughs> very underhand as as, <laughs> as, I, as, I, as as i said it as i said it you know what i mean you know what I, I mean. yeah, what's I wrong with matching tattoos nothing nothing i have <laughs> uh, i have uh, i mean well it depends what you mean by the concept i mean if you're you know, if you're going for identical tattoos, either on yourself or with another person, it'd be good if they matched, wouldn't it? Right. But anyway, I did it. I did it, and and, and you know, Mike interrogated me already, and yeah, they they aren't. It's not like little hearts or initials or anything like that. It wasn't that at all. We went for bats. That's all right, isn't it? Little bat. Well, it's not seagull, so that's all right. Yes, good point. Good point. Anyway. I've said a lot. Uh, <laughs> anyone's got anything else going on? Not, not as exciting as that. No, um, no, no. I all, all I can say is I'm just I'm I'm already I've, I've pointed out the story about my Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. and that's about it, really. I, what I did want to say was um, if I had gone to football because obviously we were seven forty-five kickoff. Yeah. Um, Carl Shorten Athletic, who 
always with a team when I was at school, they'd come around like and they they some of their players would come in and stuff. They were playing Hastings United yesterday, so I was um I was a bit torn, but it was uh it was Castleton Athletic two, Hastings one, sadly. A couple of things I mean, just to say. I mean, your um, point about your Wi-Fi, I'm not sure you have told the listeners about that. I think you told us before we started recording, so you might want to tell the listening public. Yeah, my, my, my six-year-old daughter is going through some real tantrum issues when she doesn't get what she wants. Um, so she pulled at a cable while she was in the naughty corner, um, which, went, which came away. She then later went and cut it. Um, and that turned out to be my phone line. So, um, but then she's then like, daddy, my internet, my video's not working. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, thought I'd just fix it, but no, totally dead. Um, and then, yeah, realized that my 1960s flat, you know, I think that the cabling is from the sixties and it kind of just disintegrated in my hand when I took the box apart. So, um, yeah, no internet for me, 4g today. Yeah. That's, it's really harsh. It's really harsh, but um, if you will be such a disciplinarian, Mike, um, these things are going to happen. They will rebel, yeah. you know. You keep yeah, the people yeah. down, they will rebel, won't they, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> you can't keep the kids down. It's punk ethics in action. Exactly, yeah. Um, there's a couple of bits of news that you've chucked in there. Um, Mike, If you, I don't know if you want to take that. Yeah, so today on the day of recording, um, Palace Women... So back-to-back wins after, you know, beating Durham, who aren't doing particularly well anyway. Uh, a really good 2-1 win home at Hayes Lane against Sheffield United. So um, it was 0-0 at half-time. By all accounts, pretty entertaining game. Holly Olden uh, ended up putting us 1-0 up. Then they equalised. But then Cole Haynes, with 10 minutes to go, um, gave them a, a 2-1 win. So... Seven wins, seven defeats, still a chance of finishing that top four. Um, a, a little bit of catching up to do, but if they've got some momentum now, that's that's great. Um, and then the under-21s as well. So they played on Monday, uh, a nil-nil draw against Man United. I don't know a lot about it. It doesn't sound like a cracker, to be fair. But, um, you know, Palace now, they're, they're, they're still fourth. They've got a game in hand over most of the people around them. So... Um, it, it's looking all right, and when you when you think that the only teams above them are Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool, um, you know they're doing something right at the moment, aren't they? Indeed, indeed, very impressive. And um, yeah, you've 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 got to say, like you know, I, I know sort of mid season ish there was definitely um, you know definitely a wobble there, but yeah, really impressed. Um, and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I'm going to be honest, I got distracted in the middle of that because I was going onto Twitter to make sure we had some questions for this podcast. Um, and I was distracted by a thread by from, from Benny Esther. I don't know if any of you follow him. Um, but he he was putting a thread together of people who had more goal contributions than Ayu and Mateta. Um, okay, give, give us the list. So I'm going to give his words exactly. So he says, 19th place Bournemouth defensive midfielder Jefferson Lerma. Bottom of the league, Southampton's right back, Romain Perrault. Or Perrault, sorry. Um, uh, backup midfielder for Fulham called Niskins Cabeno. Um, there's a slight bending of the rules in terms of appearances, but he's got Allison, the Liverpool goalkeeper in there. Uh, someone who plays for Fulham called Manor Solomon, who he claims never to have heard of until last night. Uh, centre-back for Brentford, Ben Mee. Um, he says, obviously, Erling Haaland has more goals than appearances for those two as well. Evan Ferguson of Brighton is another one who's in seven appearances at 18 years old. Uh, and Reese Nelson of Arsenal is uh, is also ahead of them after making a total of two appearances this season. So, uh, yeah, very distracting. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. I mean, on top of that, um, we are the lowest points tally holders for the Premier League now this calendar year after Leeds won. Yep. So, excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Yeah. So, um, and, and obviously, we'll start talking about... Uh, the, the details for that look the fixture list hasn't really been kind to us uh recently but we know we knew that we knew that was going to be a a difficult period for us but yeah the the lack of a win the, the low points total you know things uh, people are getting a little nervous so i'm sorry i did get distracted um do you talk about the under 21s drawing with man united Oh wow, you really got distracted. Yes, yes, yeah. did yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, it, yeah. there was there was no under 18s yeah, game right, right. Um, between between the last pod and this one yeah, as well. I'm sorry. What it what it what really distracted me was was the 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 presence of um, I I agree with Ben. I've I've never heard of of Manuel Solomon, and I became very very distracted by that. That he's has seven appearances and three goals. I was like, who is that guy? Anyway, apologies, Mike. I, I wasn't that I don't want to listen to you. It's just that I didn't. Forgive me. Thanks. Um, look, we've got plenty to talk about um, with regards to the match. And, you know, it's it's hard to know ex- exactly um, what angle to come at this from because I was actually relatively happy with what I saw um, in terms of the performance. But I suppose, you know, my, my summary I, I chucked in the document was that we had a bit of a poor start to the game. We got better and, and I think we had a very big chance to beat Liverpool. Um, but I felt, you know, we'd need to create, and you know, I've picked 10 clear cut chances out of my ass, but I genuinely think, you know, that's the kind of level of clear cut chances we'd need to create to just guarantee us scoring that goal. Um, you know, and, and we'll talk about the reasons for that and, and, and what that looks like, but it, it wasn't a terrible performance. I, I don't, I wasn't bored. I've seen some, some people kind of talking about us churning out the same old stuff and we're too negative and all this kind of thing. And I, I didn't feel like we we did, we approached this game in the wrong way at all. Um, but I do think we got something to talk about once again with the lineup. And, you know, we, we could tread down age-old ground. Um, but, 
you know, I, I try not to do that as much, as much as possible. And so I'll start if if I might, and and Chris, I'll let you jump in first on this. It's the the selection of of the midfield. So um, I suppose a good place to start for me is is looking at how we how we set up in the game. So a lot of people are kind of thinking of that a three in midfield. But we, we don't really do that at the moment, at least the last few games. We haven't really seen either Elise or Schlup or even Ayu operating as the kind of a, a, fo- a sort of point of the, the two sitting midfielders. You know, there's kind of that a big gap in there, really. But in leaving Eze on the bench and, and selecting the players we have, we end up with an attacking four of Elise, Ayu, Mateta and and Jeffrey Schlup. Uh, I think hopefully you'll agree that Elise was outstanding. Um, but when you when you leave Eze on the bench, and you may agree with it, um, you know where, what do you th- where do you think that creativity to score that goal is going to come from? Good question. Um, so I mean, yes, I agree that Elise was outstanding. Um, I think this was the right setup. I mean. Some people will call it negative. I, I will call it pragmatic. Um, to not go all out swashbuckling against a team that you know has reached um, you know Champions League finals, won the league, um, got players you know who you know lots of players who are at the World Cup when we have maybe one or two is an understandable set of decisions. You know, you've got to use the resources you've got. So that's the first thing. Um, Where's the attacking uh, creativity, that cutting edge, going to come from? I think this is a team in in, um, a period of transition. I know we've used that phrase a lot of times, but um, there's a key thing that we're not even talking about, and there's a a reason why we don't uh, focus on this, which is, you know, we've had three matches in a row without Wilfred Zaha, who has been a talisman for us for years. We know that it's likely that we're going to have to adjust to playing without him every game from the start of next season. So we've got to be ready for that. Now, ultimately, it may well be that we can find a shape that accommodates Eze, Elise, uh, and, you know, who knows, additional players, because I think there is going to have to be uh, some change. I mean, I, th- I think the Lukonga um, combination with Ducure is very promising, and we're we're looking much more uh, solid than we have done previously. And I think that was the first thing. So what we've what we've done is we've tightened up. What we haven't done is fixed the front. And I think you could see that even in um, the comments from Vieira after the game about needing to boost confidence. I think that's, yeah. that's what's missing. Well, I think, I mean, there certainly is that, but I mean, you use the phrase fix the front there, um, you know, and I, I've picked out as, and obviously we've got Edward on the bench as well, but you know, Mike, we're, we're attacking really with four players. Um, you understand that against Liverpool, obviously I, I'll start to have more of an issue if, we, if we're doing that, you know, um, against everybody. But you know, when you're, you're we are, you know, we, we go out there and we attack with four players, um, and we tried to find the space, but how do you fix that? You know, without Zaha, we know it's a problem. We don't like talking about it, but bottom line is, is you know, he's he in that front line there. You could take out any one of those players 
you would keep Elise in there on, on that form, but you could take out Ayush, look, or Mateta and put Zaha in and you've got a much better team straight away. Um, but other than that, how, how do we fix that? Because we've spent all season talking about the issues at right back, the, the, the fix needed in the central center of midfield, which obviously we, we did some, some business in January to address that. But, you know, it's really just brought into focus the, the problems we have up top. So what is that fix? Well, there's a question on uh, Twitter from James Macy. What is the question if Schlupp is the answer? And uh, I know that's tongue in cheek and that goes, <laughs> that's mentioning the team, but um, it is it is a valid question. Um, I think people's general thoughts were that the two players that came on in the double substitution, Ezra and Edward, were probably who most people wanted. But, you know, what else could Palace have done in that game, really? I thought that IU had a decent game. I thought Elisa had a great game. I thought Schlupp wasn't bad. Um, you know, Mateta obviously missing an absolute sitter and going around the keeper early on and stuff. But, um, you know, I... I I feel like if this game had been in in the midst of a couple of wins, you know, in a, in a slightly better run, actually, I don't really have too many issues. Yeah. Um, you know, that Liverpool were great the first twenty minutes, and you know they they pushed pretty hard towards the end. So and and that could be because of the substitutes that were made when we were pushing for a goal. I don't know what else we, he can really do with the players he's got. The only thing that worries me is a player of Ezzy's talent, especially after scoring against Brentford, um, it can't be good for the confidence to start on the bench again. That's the only thing that worries me. No, we're we're making sacrifices in, in that respect. Um, and it's great. You know, if it, if it works, it works. And, and to some degree, and I think Ezzy commented on this himself, if you're trying to make sure he maintains, well, you know, he had a dip in form. You know, he was outstanding for a period of the season. The form started to dip and, and Vieira's taken him out of the, of the squad and basically said, go win your place back. But I think to some degree, a misfiring Eze is, is better in there than some of the other options. But no, I mean, I, you know, I always, there's always a point during the record of a podcast that where I'm like, at what point do I kind of just unleash <laughs> the usual? And I'm really trying not to this week. Now, now, now come is on. It, now, we're, we're, we're 23 minutes into the recording. I don't know how much of this will make the show, but come on, now, do well, it. Well, it's like, I suppose, I mean, if I could start by by kind of saying, well, I, I you know, I, I sat and watched, watched the game with my partner and she has to hear me uh, complain a lot. Um, during the course of certain games, and, and th- this was no exception. I think the first twenty minutes, I was quite intense. But I, you know, I would just say I got you know we late later on. You know, when I was reflecting on the game, she asked me a really valid question, and it was, "Do you think that Jeffrey Schlupp is able to? You know, is someone who practices mind control techniques?" That was her question to me because she's had to witness me talking about his selection under Roy Hodgson and Patrick Vieira now for. <laughs> the best part of two years so um you know and and i think it's a valid question as to as to why uh he's he's often selected but that's you know that's me being a little mean i'm i'm torn between like we have we don't have a tremendous amount in terms of options um but i think we're starting to to tiptoe down that road once more of picking players for 
attributes other than those that are kind of relevant to their position. Um, and I suppose the best way I could sum it up, I tweet d- during the game, I said, uh, and I, I think this is really like, important. I make this point. I have, I look at the front four that we played with, um, and I actually felt sorry for Elise. If I'm, if I'm honest, I actually felt it, you know at times it was, it was near humiliating for him to, you know, to be able to control the ball and turn and move the way he can, to see the game the way he does, and to be joined in attack by those three people. And and I'm talking about Mateta, Ayu, and and Jeffrey Schlup. And I'm not going to attack for one second the dedication and effort that those three players put in alongside Elise because they absolutely worked themselves into the ground. Ayu had a good game, okay? Jeffrey Schlup played reasonably well. Mateta in front of goal was poor, but his hold-up play was actually pretty decent. And he ran, you know, he put a, an awful lot of effort in. But here's the, the the kicker. Here's the main point. Those three are not good enough for Premier League level. They're not. They shouldn't be playing. They should not be starting in the Premier League. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, it's been long enough. Um, but the trouble is you do look at the bench and you think, well, Edwards had a fair crack and, and not really done it. Um, and then you start to think, well, who else... Who else do we have? You know, with Zaha not there, who else do we have to make a difference? And that's why I'm not blaming Vieira, and I get confused at the people who do. You know, I do wonder if there is a case to dip into some of the best, better attacking talent in the academy if we don't have the options in the in the first team. But right now, I don't see what else Vieira's got, but it really has highlighted since we fixed that midfield to some degree with um, with Zambi doing so well. It's just highlighted how poor we are up top. Well, that brings me on to a comment from at Pethos7 on Twitter. Um, and I describe this as the Benteke effect, i.e. Um, <laughs> good at something, but not necessarily what they're actually meant to be doing. <laughs> Mateta was poor at finishing, but he worked his socks off and his hold-up play was excellent yesterday. I'm sure he'll start again at Villa Park and rightly so because we don't have better options mm. right now. Thoughts? I mean, it's, it is. It's the point, isn't it? Well, you know, Edward can't seem to lead the line. He, he doesn't really hold it up well enough. Um, he wants to sort of play left side and, and run in off the angles, really. And, you know, this, this goes back to... The, it's the kind of dilemma the last few managers have had at Palace really because you now we are what we are. We spend what we spend and, and the squad seems to be in this constant, Chris used it earlier, this constant phase of, you know, of transition. So like how you can't, other than building the team, the, the, the player around Wilfred Zaha, you can't really build a system around built to get the best out of Odson Edward, right? He's not earned that right. You're not going to do it, but, it just feels to me, and I, I, someone else said it, and it, apologies for not remembering who, um, but I think if you're going to start Mateta, you should probably start Edward as well. That left that left support slot, if you like, that Jeffrey Schlupp's been playing in, um, and he's been getting that because of the fact that he can track back. He doesn't often want to, but he can, um, you know, and he can get drop into the centre of midfield and be an extra body in there. 
But that that's screaming out for Edward out there, really, for me. And we just don't seem to do that. You know, it doesn't. It, we don't have to be Mateta or Edward. You can put both in there, um, and I don't think you lose too much. Um, but you know, I, I think that's it. Really, it's, it's about the other attributes. Probably, probably should let Chris answer that as well. Well, it's unfashionable to play with two strikers, um, but that is something that could be tried for a start. Secondly, I, I want to just, um, and you'll be surprised about this, agree with what you're saying about Jeffrey Schlupp in this particular case. Um, if you're picking what? people... <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's unheard of. Um, but if you're looking to pick a left-sided player, you know, who's there in the absence of absence of Zaha, who's going to be that kind of winger-stroke-attacking player then, yeah, Schluck can do that, but so can um, Odson Edouard. And given that we've got two players who are effectively battling it, battling it out at the moment, given that we're continuing to play one striker up top, then, and Edouard does like playing on the left and tucking in, this is the kind of game where I think maybe that's the way in which you, you should experiment with using them, is, is put Edouard on the left and let him have a, have a go. I've noticed him doing that in the past when he has played, and the way that he's cut in has been very impressive. Is he really a winger or the kind of player who provides a cross? I'm not so sure. I think he's more someone who cuts in and has a shot himself. But I'd like to see him given a go in that role. I understand, as, mm. as you've said, you know, Chris, we've got limitations in our squad. We've got... Um, someone like Jeff Schlupp has that physicality to his game. So it's, it's not even a matter of um, covering back all the way to where Mitchell is. It's a question of just body checking someone if they're making a break, breaking up the game. And he is still very good at that. One thing I'm just going to say, I mean, we've we've talked about IU and you know his inadequacies. Whoscored.com has him as the man of the match yesterday. 7.5 is his rating, which is better than any other player on the pitch, including all the Liverpool players. Salah got 7.4. Um, now, that might be um, the madness of statistics or something, but that is well, what's come out of it's a, that, that analysis. Yeah, and look, he's statistically, he, he does a, a very good job because that's why he gets picked every week. This, 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 the statistics back it up. He covers a lot of ground. You know, he... He'll make challenges if he can make challenges. I, but I just think, you know, how can I put this? I suppose let me, let me illustrate it another way, right? If, you, if you're if you're considering our our team yesterday, and to some degree, you kind of forget forget the opponent for a moment. Let's just let's just try and work at work in the best possible case, right? And you do what we're saying, Chris. You, you say, okay, thank, thanks for your, for your efforts, Jeff. Um, but you know what? We're going to start Hudson Edward on that left. So you're going to have you know, Guaita in goal, your standard back four, uh, you know, Jake Decoure and, and Sambi Lukonga sitting there as as your, your central defensive midfielders, giving you that solid base. And you just have that four ahead, right? And you take, and you stick Edward on the left and, you, and you've got Mateta up top and you're looking for Edward to, to get close to Mateta and make those runs in behind at that angle. You know, looking for, you've got to have somebody there who's looking for that, that full pass, that through ball, that little ball over the top, something like that, um, for 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 Edward to get on the end of, and you got, and then that's that. You then get hit with the next problem, which is okay. Well, 
if Elise is, is going right side, because Jordan Ayew and, and, and Michael Elise basically want to play in the same positions. And that, you know, actually did, they did pretty well exchanging positions against Liverpool. Um, but I, I'm sure with a, all due respect to, to Mr. Ayew, I'm sure you both noticed the difference between when Jordan Ayew got in <laughs> and when Michael Elise got in. Because, you know, one had a, you know, things that stick out in my mind. One had a, an unchallenged opportunity to cross from the right-hand side on his strongest foot and just put it out behind the behind the goal. And the other did, did not. <laughs> so, I... Yeah, I really, I, I, I think, you know, the trouble is we create one problem, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. We create a problem for ourselves. If we take Schlupp out of that position and, and we and we lose his ability to drop into central midfield to make a three and we, we lose his ability to, to cover Tyreek Mitchell, if Mitchell's pushing up on the left or, or they need to double up because, it's, you know, there's, there's some, some pressure down that side. If we take him out of there and we put Edward in there, then... You know, it, it puts the emphasis elsewhere. It puts the emphasis on the creativity to come from the likes of Jordan Ayew, which I don't think is his strongest suit. And I think his strongest suit is running around a lot, if, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, but he also does a pretty good job when he's on the right-hand side of covering Klein at right-back and, and that kind of stuff. But the trouble is, it's again, you're, this is why you get accused as a manager of, of negative thinking. And being negative is because you're picking your attacking players to cover your defence. Um, and whilst we're there as a team, and that is where we are, we're always going to struggle for goals. And, and that, I suppose, is the kind of circular argument that we're in right now. We want to be better. We want to score more goals, but we can't because we'll concede more if we make the changes we're talking about. Uh, almost every Twitter comment is about Strikers and Mateo. Um, I can go through the names, you know, right down to the simple from Bernard Maynard. Vernon Maynard, we need a striker. But for me, it was more about the ball before it got to the striker. And I know Mateo isn't great with his head. And there was a couple of opportunities where, you know, somebody that was good with their head, i.e. Ben Teke, um, you know, may have may have troubled the the, the goalkeeper more. But the difference with Elise and Ayu is the way that they progress the ball up the field. So Elise generally near the near the byline, um, put in some decent crosses. But Ayu had some had some luck, had some good opportunities going round players, whereas Elise just had the space and didn't do that so much. So they did work relatively well together yesterday, but you know, even Elise, he put in a couple of absolutely wicked balls, but there really wasn't many crosses. Um, you know, I, I was on the train back from Brentford last week, and and they they were saying basically the only time they put a ball in, you know, a menacing ball, they scored, um, which is exactly when me and Nick left, incidentally. Um, but we weren't doing that enough, and I think. We needed both of those. We needed going through the middle, dribbling in the way you did, as much as we needed Elise yesterday. If we'd have just had two Elise's, I don't actually think we'd have had the opportunity to knock many balls in just because 
actually going round defenders was Ayu's job yesterday. And yeah, I, we seem to be missing that link for me. I think so. And I think I'll go back to the to the kind of average positions uh, that the squad did. And again, looking at whoscored.com, you know, everything has us down as, as a, like a 4-2-3-1. But we weren't really that at all. Um, to kind of describe it really, you know, you could call it a back four with the, with the, um, the fullbacks pushed up a little bit. Um, you know, Lukonga and Dakure sitting there in midfield, who both were outstanding. Again, that that whole defensive unit was superb. But then, you know, you have you have basically Schlupp and Mateta and Ayu and Elise really occupying very similar spaces on average around the, you know, the kind of left hand side for Schlupp and Mateta and the right hand side for for Elise. And there's just this big gap in the middle. Now I, I understand that. You know the average positions tells you, you know, uh, what happened in that game, and it and it all a lot depends on your opposition. So Liverpool, you know, playing in in certain, we you know, we if we want to give Liverpool the ball in that position to stop them getting it in certain other danger areas, for ex, for example, that might be why we create that average space. But you know, it reflected reality for me. You know, reality for me is we didn't have a focal point in the middle. Elise often drifted into that spot, but then he was often found on the left-hand side, and we were we were being very clever with our movement. But it was almost too much. It was almost we we you know we weren't getting the ball in the killer areas. And it's interesting you say what you say, Mike, because you know again he scored had us down as as playing with whip and favouring crossing the ball, but. I think there's crossing there's crossing the ball statistically and then there's putting good crosses in, you know, which are two very different things. Um so Yeah, we're talking menacing yeah. like curling balls. Yeah. That's very few and far between. Yeah. And um, you know, we were kind of set up to do that. So but it, you know, I'm I'm not gonna hide away from the fact that I do think we were set up to nullify our, our opponents more than anything. And I think the biggest thing that changed in this game is that we really did see that Liverpool are not the force they, they used to be. Um, and that meant that the players did grow in confidence and we are, you know, we are struggling for confidence. If you don't win, that happens. Um, and look, we're still in a very tough run. We have, we've got Villa next and then it's a uh, Brighton, I think then you got most and city Arsenal and it, you know, it's April until we get a, a run of games where, you know, we, we should be hopeful of getting, you know, getting a couple of results back to back and whilst not losing particularly often this year um has been helpful it's the points and and the, the pressure is building and that confidence will remain fragile so you know I, I don't know it's there's i can understand why people are concerned but you know honestly this game you know you think about you know how we've played against liverpool in the past we've had some great games against them but you know, generally speaking, they're they're a very very strong side, and I think in this game we should actually be pretty happy. We got the point, but obviously we had good opportunities to win it. That's what I wanted to bring up. So, what I was worried about, I was expecting that ninety odd minute um, losing goal. Let's talk about the back six because they were absolutely phenomenal and. Yeah, I think I think Chris wants to talk about it, but I know Dr. basically tweeted that he thinks Lukonga. Are we going with Sambi or are we going with Lukonga? I don't know. I don't, I don't mind, but um, 
he thinks that it's made a massive difference. So let's let's talk about exactly why we were so good and it didn't really seem that often like we'd actually concede. Yeah, I mean, I suppose first and foremost, um, uh, you know, Sambi, I think we're going to go with it's more fun, isn't it? Um, I think this just a, you know, he is, is a very, very energetic and mobile player. Um, very smart, never hides from the ball, you know, really, really, really strong player and complementary abilities uh, with, with Dekure there. And I think I'm interested in, in, you know, the fact that the, the loan signing again is, is outstanding. Um, and, and I suppose the hope, I guess the hope is that, um, oh, my brain's gone. Uh, um, Amada, um, has those same skills as, as Lukonga and, and perhaps it just needs a little bit longer to, to kind of be ready. But like, you know, that performance yesterday between the two of them in midfield really made things difficult. Um, if you look at the kind of the attitude that Liverpool had in that game, you know, lots of aggression, lots of pettiness, you know, Henderson was his typical horrible little self. Um, I just, I don't, don't do not get that, that, that guy at all. Uh, and I think, you know, our central midfield frustrating people had a lot to do with that. But again, across the back line, absolutely superb. And, and I'm sure, Chris, you, you know, you wanted to add to that really, but I'm just going to say like, you know, centre-back pairings, but Mitchell and Klein as well uh, in, in full-back, I, I think both of them had very, very strong games for sure. That's the thing I wanted to draw out, actually, is that, you know, the last time I was on this podcast, I was pointing out that, you know, we had been particularly weak on the right-hand side and the back post um, when attacks were coming um, down the uh, down that side, and we conceded two goals in that game. Um, I can't remember which game that was, to be honest. Um, whichever game it was, it was a home game that we lost 2-0 <laughs> um, very recently. Um, I won't even uh, cover that up. Let's just um, confess that I can't remember the opposition. I go Literally, I go to watch the Palace and I don't care who we're playing. I just want us to win those games. But it was damn frustrating that we conceded from two situations where crosses came in. Um, you know, so it was the, it was the left... Um, you know, from the, the attacking team's point of view, our right and Klein was the right back. I think Anderson was playing that game, um, and we just had a gap. And you know, it, it was incredibly frustrating. We conceded two goals in that situation. This time, as you say, both the fullbacks were excellent, and we we looked organised and composed and ready. I guess it was probably a case of having focused very much, as you say, on you know nullifying the opposition um, at the expense, to some degree, of attacking capability ourselves. You know, it left us, um, albeit actually, you know, there was a, a point of dominance. Um, and if we'd if we'd been in a position where we could create or take chances, then you know perhaps we we'd have been, it would have been different. But we were attacking; it just we just weren't very good at it. Was my analysis of the the failing from top but let's <laughs> let's focus on the positive which yeah. is that we did we did do well in keeping them out I'm, I wasn't even particularly worried watching that performance in all honesty no that was that's a really good point it was a really pleasing thing wasn't it to get sort of you know again those Mike was mentioning it that kind of 
90th minute, you're expect, almost expecting that sucker punch, aren't you? But it, it didn't feel like it was going to come. And, and you could see the anger on the, and we'll talk refereeing in a bit, but you could see the anger with the players. They wanted a, they wanted that last opportunity to put that corner in because Liverpool were, were pretty much on the ropes. And look, let's not forget, you know, there were two really massive chances that we did actually have. You know, we did create, and we can look at the, the players involved and say that they, they both, probably should have done a lot better and and one was obviously Mark Gay with the header um gets perhaps in his eye line and, and Gay has been clear to say that, that he's not going to blame him you know he had he had a sight of the ball when he's just put the ball just slightly in the wrong place you know really but fantastic opportunity that was and then Mateta after good work from from Schlupp to win the ball back and put it across um you know, gets a good foot on it. And it's one of those where you kind of, you want to mistime it slightly. You want to get there fractionally late and just connect enough because he's connected too much and put it on the bar. But, you know, those are the moments and you look at those and I just, I'm still genuinely really, really glad that we can look at those chances and not be talking about a game where we lost, you know, clean sheet against Liverpool. We don't do very often. And I know, they aren't quite the Liverpool team that, that has been around for the last few years. Uh, but they're very dangerous with very good players. And I think I want to take this game as a as signs of, of us going in the right direction and starting to, to build a bit more and starting to get a bit more confidence up. And that's how um that's how I'm gonna see it, I think. Yeah, so obviously. Every every point that we've got on the board now during this difficult run makes you know reduces slightly the pressure when we do finally get that um, little run of winnable games when we hit April. So yeah, yeah that's, that's the key, and we are and we are doing that. So you know, it's, we, it's back to respect the point, isn't it? It is to a point, but we've got to be so so careful. And I say that because you know we. We can't go into. We've got to be so careful of our mentality, Chris, because we are we are prone to this sometimes. We we have a tough run, and we're like, yeah, but we've got these fixtures coming up, and it's not that long ago that we did that, is it? Where we're like, yeah, but we've got a good run of games coming up now because we got Forest, you know, we got Newcastle, we got Everton, we got Fulham, and. Yeah, Everton three beat us three nil. Fulham beat us three nil. We lost one nil to Forest for God's sake. You know what I mean? It's we are more than capable of, of throwing that away. And you know, I think but for the the two nil victory against Bournemouth, um, you know, things would be very very bleak right now. Um, so we have to go into that, but be extremely mindful. You know, okay, we were seconds away from a win against Brentford. Um, you know, we've only it's only really Man United who've beaten us in the last what seven, I guess. Something like that. Seven, six, seven. I don't know. So, you know, you think we've got draws against Liverpool, draws, draw against Brighton. Obviously, we were playing very well, sadly. Um, draw against Newcastle, who have been going great guns. Obviously, the the other game against United, we drew. And so, you know, it's it, I, the one the worries for me are not the the fact that we're losing by the odd goal against Man United and Chelsea, and you know, struggling to score against Liverpool. The 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 warning signs for me we're, we're losing against Forest and, and having Fulham and, and Everton batter us uh, and probably Southampton in the cup which those are the reasons why we're having the conversations that we're having right now I get that but 
we've got 14 games left, um, you know, and we can draw against anyone. Realistically, <clears throat> we probably need 10 points and that is a lower percentage of points than any team currently has on average in the Premier League. So, um, you know, I, I think generally speaking, we just, we're just tuned to worry that we're going to go down. Um, but I think we've probably done enough. I mean, for 14 games, even if we only pick up 10 points, we're still going to be safe. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I just think it's all, you just want to get to a point where, I don't know, you want to get there as quick as you can and start thinking about what happens next season. Players out of contract. Again, we've got to do something different in the summer than we've done. Um, and, you know, going into next season, having sort of limped to to safety is not the same as as kind of, you know, getting some rhythm together, playing some nice football. Last year, we played some really nice football. Vieira, reputation was growing. Players wanted to come and play for him, you know, and I feel, again, maybe I shouldn't be saying it because money's, you know, it's not my money. I I, I can talk about the fact that we, we should spend more than we do and, and I appreciate it's a bit of a cliche, but I feel like we didn't capitalise on what we built last season. And we're we're kind of seeing that now, but I am positive. I you know I've been moaning all, all show, but I am positive about. I actually really am very much behind Patrick Vieira as the manager. You know, I see a lot of. Uh, a lot he of he totally overachieved, didn't he? Let's be he honest. He did, and he's, yeah, he really did. Yeah, and you got to remember the the contrast was a big thing for us as well. We, you know, we would we had struggled. Um, for for a good you know eighteen months with with watching pretty much the same thing every week and it was really tough. Um, so I think a lot of people enjoyed that contrast last year and, and yeah we perhaps got a little bit spoiled um, and and reality's hitting a touch but um, but I, yeah look, it is what it is and um, let's yeah let's 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 stay positive look ahead to the to the games that that are coming that that could be you know certainly points on the board I think it's a really big game against Villa next I, I really do looking forward to to the guys previewing that and hearing their thoughts on it for sure because that you know getting three points away at Villa is, is a tough ask Emery's got them playing really well but should be within our capabilities to do that fingers crossed for Wilf being back as well I know he wasn't too far away so you know we've got to think positively I think let Chris have a comment to finish things off, but then um, are you up for just quickly answering uh, a few comments from listeners? Yeah, I reckon so after that. We'll, we'll, we'll let Chris have his say. Yeah, it's not to disagree with you by any means. Um, just to point out, so we're 7-1 we're to one to go down um, with quite a lot of other clubs, um, mostly reflecting the league table um, beneath us. So I agree. It's, it's certainly not all doom and gloom, and I agree with that we over overachieved last year. What what I wanted to say, just based on what you were saying about the Villa game being an important one, is if there's anyone who's um, listening to the show who's um, going to the Villa game um, and fancies a pint before, um, I'm going to be in the Wellington Arms or Wellington Hotel, which is near Birmingham New Street, um, from about lunchtime um, before the game. Um, I'm on Twitter at Chris Clark CPFC. Uh, drop me a line. See you there. Did uh, did you sort of book book your away trip and no one's going with you or something? Is that... 
Uh, well, I've asked in the back of the Nest chat group, but no one seems to be going. Yeah, well, we um, do, we have a tendency to ignore you a bit there, don't we? <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. taking it personally. No, no, I, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but having said that, I, you know, I have, I've, I think I probably do have mates who will turn out to be going, but just in case not, I thought at the same time, sod it, it's a good pub, and people yeah. um, who listen, uh, who can't get enough of my dulcet tones on this show, might want to have it, uh, have the live experience. Well, as you know, Chris, everyone who listens to this podcast is just a solid gold legend of a human being. So uh, it's it's a fair it's fair fair play to reach out to them. Almost everyone. Um, I'm going I'm to be at I'm going to be at a hardcore festival in Hastings, oh. so I will be doing that instead. Um, okay, let's uh, let's crack through some stuff. So, Will Pickering, a friend of the show, um, he said we either need a new striker or be the current strikers prepared to shoot more. Uh, even hit the target or even hit a barn door. Um, if 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 and when Wilf goes, the goals will dry up. And then he said, is it too late to tempt Murray or AJ out of retirement? Well, I mean, Glenn Murray looks younger than he did when he played for us after his hair transplant. So yeah. it's it's possible. It's possible. I think we've probably covered most of that. Um, and I, I think the answer is we don't even vaguely have a suggestion on how to answer that. Um, so, uh, Neil... Oh, my God, Neil. Og... Oh, oh, Ogilvy, Ogilvy, uh, Ogilvy. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, valuable point. Well organised display, and I think we cannot underestimate how important that is. Elise Guaita, Gehi, Anderson, Lekonga, and Dakure. Very good. We haven't even mentioned Mark Gehi or Joachim Anderson, and they were incredible. We're spoiled. We're um, spoiled with them, aren't we? Because you know they're, they're so yeah. reliable. And okay, we've got to mention. Um, the, the booking for Anderson after the game because he, he yeah. was he was quite cross I'll give him that um, but but it's again you you look at the difference between you know the the constant berating from certain Liverpool players who were even on a yellow card at the time throughout the course of the game and then you look at that and you're like well if you're going to set a tone Darren England and I realise you set a tone in most games that you're a terrible referee. Um, you know, you, you really should treat people in even hand. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I quite appreciated the um, <clears throat> the passion there from Anderson. Um, <clears throat> Leif Anderson's forehead. Yeah, I mean, again, probably covered it. Um, if only we had a decent forward we were on last night and then refers to Jean-Philippe Potato. <laughs> Um, I like. No, yeah, it said, makes me like Mateta more that he's the, the Jean Philippe Potato thing. But um, uh, um, he said, once we get these bastard fixtures out of the way, things will be a lot rosier. Um, yeah, well, I think we've probably discovered that. Um, discovered, discussed that. Um, Nick of this parish just said, "Is Le Congo going to be another Gallagher situation?" Probably. But what I would say, uh, given Arsenal's uh, performance this year. And um, I, I can I can really see them being a lot more open to selling uh, Lukonga than uh, Chelsea had been to selling Gallagher. And I think the other problem with Gallagher is that he's, you know, if he leaves Chelsea, which I think he probably will at the end of the year, uh, they'll just be, because he's an England international, homegrown player, all that kind of stuff. 
you know, there's going to be some bigger teams in for him that we probably won't be able to com- compete with financially. So Nick is probably right. It will be a situation where we'll be fingers crossed we can we can keep him. But um, but yeah, it might be more likely. We'll see. Yeah, well, I'd say I don't think there's that many teams that need him quite as much as us. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, so at Stuart Cox, he's pointing to some Klein blunders. So I don't know, Chris, if you want to talk about those. Um, but he said, you could see the air was frustration but this is our way forward for the rest of the season. Hard-fought draws and hopefully nick a win or two. Yeah, I guess... I don't know if I would call them blunders, though. I guess, I guess you know, it's, it's something that I'd probably have to watch again um, to, to, to to say whether I agree or not. I thought Klein offered a lot. That's all I'd say. I thought there was a lot of... There was an emphasis on him to keep coming forward down the right-hand side, which, you know, he's not always happy to do. Um and Liverpool do look for that ball kind of in behind or, or you know, out very wide, kind of hugging the touchline quite a lot. Alisson in particular just likes to distrib- distribute the ball into those areas quickly uh, and accurately, and that's how they get on the front foot a lot. So it was a really, really tough game for him. So, uh, and I thought he did a really, really good job, if I'm honest. Um, I, I thought it was one of his better performances. So there might have been something I missed. I thought he was pretty decent, yeah, I've got to say. Um, <clears throat> let's just, I'm just going to rattle through the last few and then um, get both of you to have a comment. Um, I, I really don't want to discuss Gallagher ever again, to be honest, but Sonne, why did we look so much more of an attacking threat with Gallagher? Um, and then he's asked, are we looking up or down the table? I can answer that for you, Son. Uh, down, definitely. Um, and then um, oh, it's the same name I always have issues with. Anyway, at AO2 match CHR. Will will JP score soon? Um he thinks he's gonna score within the next three games. Um and then finally from from <laughs> finally from Tommy Wilson. Patrick's building a new side slowly. Um last season was better than expected and this season is progressing steadily. With Sambi in midfield we're looking a lot better. So yeah a lot there wasn't there. Um and I'll certainly let Chris have a, have a kind of final say as well. But in summing all of that up, in summing everything that we've talked about today up, it's hard to solve, you know, the problem of scoring more goals. Um, and but we have who we have. Um, you know, the, the Gallagher situation. Why did we? Why did we look better with him in the team? First and foremost, uh, we were set up differently because of how he plays. Uh, I think that made that made a big difference. Um, um, you know, we don't get centrally, um, we don't get a lot of people in scoring areas, uh, and Gallagher just naturally gravitated to those areas. And we haven't been able to solve that problem apart from when Elise hit that, sorry, as I hit that purple patch of form, um, which again, so it's fingers crossed we get that back. Um, but again, he's a very different player. So it's it's interesting how much the, of a difference a player can make to a team just because it allows you to play a different way. And those of the correct vintage, and it feels weird saying that now, but those those who remember AJ's emergence at Palace will remember how it pretty much overnight changed how we could play because teams had to completely change their defensive setup because... AJ would just run beyond their defence. All we had to do was kind of 
hoof the ball in his general direction over the top of their defenders and he'd be through and score. So they had to change everything. And any game he didn't play, we didn't know what the hell to do. So, you know, that's an example of how, how much difference a player can make. Um, but look, it is, you know, I think everybody knows where we are as a, as a club right now. And we've got an awful lot of work to do this coming summer. But before then, we got a hell of a lot of work to do to put ourselves in the best possible position. Yeah, just just following up on that, you know, the, the key thing, the question about why uh, we looked more attacking with Connor is because, you know, Connor was an attacking um, fast player who ticks a lot of the boxes of what we were talking about um, in terms of what's missing right now that we could reconfigure if we had that player or another player with those attributes in our squad, but we currently don't. And we're not playing in that way. We may do. We may be in a position to make adjustments through new personnel in the summer. We can't sign anyone now, so we are where we are, and that's not going to change until. So, what we've got to do is make sure that we don't go down. Which answers the second question. We absolutely need to be looking down. Unfortunately, you know we've got some reasonable games coming up, but even so. Uh, when you when you do look above, the, the next team above us is the team that we're playing uh, next, which is Aston Villa. They have a better goal difference and are four points above us. So we'd have to beat them, and even then we'd still be behind them if we, if we beat them in that game. But it would that is a winnable game, and I'm I'm optimistic about it. Um, so, but I think those are the two key things. We've we've just got to make the most with the players we've got. Get over the end of the, at this end of the season, and then we genuinely do need to be looking at filling those gaps and deciding how we're going to play in future. Yeah, <clears throat> makes sense. Um, so we always ask for four word reviews on uh, on our social media platforms after the game and. Today, rather than reading out the ones from uh, Twitter, I'm going to go from the ones from Instagram. So, CPFC Toronto, another decent point taken. LJC 101, <laughs> Mateta can't finish dinner. Wow, harsh. <laughs> Fair enough. Jude Webb, defensively superb, offensively shocking. Isaac 04, where is Eze at? Caxbacks played their socks off. And Ray F purchase can't score, won't score. <laughs> like it, and uh, yeah, thanks to everyone on, on Instagram there because that's uh, yeah, well overdue. A little bit of a, a visit over there from the podcast, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, shall we leave it there? Um, mainly because I feel like I pretty much forgot how to do a podcast during the course of this podcast. And. and- the game i mean if we've, we've managed to get 50 odd minutes out of yeah that then yeah, yeah exactly i mean look it wasn't a lot that went on it was a, it was a nil nil and we had a couple of chances and you know we yeah like you say we've done we've done pretty well to get that much out of that but hopefully it was at least in some way entertaining for everybody uh listening and uh and fingers crossed that the next game against villa uh gives us a bit more to talk about and of course the preview team will be back in midweek to look ahead to that game at Villa Park. So make sure you check out our YouTube channel where Dee and the crew will be bringing you the usual previews, player ratings and match reactions as well. Um, so look, thank you very much to, for listening to the show uh, and for everybody who got in touch with us today. I uh, appreciate we didn't read everything out and 
and we got some fantastic detailed communication from a variety of areas as well that that really just gave a, a fantastic flavor for what we needed to talk about today but again would have taken a considerable amount of time to to read out in their in their entirety so um thank you to everybody who who got in touch with that as well and um yeah so uh, i've i've, I've been, i'm gonna try this this week we'll see how it goes right so i i've been chris hambling is, is that is that a thing people say Oh, don't don't be that kind. Huh? <laughs> oh. All right, all right, all right. Let's try it. Let's try it. Let's okay, try I'm gonna try. I'm gonna go try. It. Okay, all right, just, 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 yeah. Just back me up here. Just go with confidence, and then it works, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. So, uh, so I've been Chris Hambling. I've been Mike Scott. And I've been Chris Clark. Till next time. Thanks again, and come on, you pallets. <laughs> See, that was good, right? That was good. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.